0: Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to this Wednesday, May 19th, 2021 edition of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins, Wired director of scouting at the draftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and your host here On today's episode of Locked on Dolphins, in which we are exploring some comments that were made by Miles Gaskin on Monday, which definitely raised your eyebrows if you had concerns about the Miami Dolphins' 2020 offense. Gaskin met with the South Florida media, along with Elan and Roberts on Monday as two of the the veteran players who met uh, amid the return of OTAs, in which the Dolphins had 70-plus in attendance, and Miles Gaskin had this to say when he was asked about what has changed this offseason since George Godsey and Eric Stoudisville had been promoted to co-offensive coordinators. Quoting Gaskin here, I feel like for the running backs that were here, myself, Pat Laird, Savan Ahmed, just seeing the playbook, it has changed. It's much different than last year's. But us being around E, being Eric Stoudisville, We kind of see his offensive mind in the room. You see his vision, his offensive mind kind of clicking, kind of moving. So I'd be like me, Pat, Salve, kind of had a good, not that we understood what it was going to be, but what it was going to look like, if that makes sense, coming in and just being able to get kind of the terms and stuff like that down now. Obviously, it's super early. It's the first OTAs, but it's very basic stuff but just kind of seeing what E's input has been along with George, how those two minds have put together one offense. So hearing it's much different definitely grabs the attention. When you think about the Dolphins' offense and what it was and was not last year, I thought there, and this is my personal opinion, uh, the play designs, uh, I thought there were some strong illustrations of play design. But it did not seem as though game flow and rhythm, particularly once the quarterback situation changed from Ryan Fitzpatrick, was something that former offensive coordinator Gailey had a particularly strong uh, thumb on and, and ability to get a feel for. And I think that maybe more so than... Some of the X's and O's, particularly pertaining to the running game, because I think that the Dolphins' offensive personnel is still going to be very rooted in spreading the field and trying to manufacture six-man boxes and run on six-man surfaces. That's going to be the goal for the Dolphins as much as possible, and having the speed that they have, and Brian Flores talked about that on draft weekend, about how the speed that you have is going to create spacing problems. Of course, with Miami having no speed last year and all the speed that they have this year, you'll see more vertical stretch of the field. But I think the biggest thing that can change and should change for the Dolphins is tempo. Uh, You remember the Dolphins, when they were still amid their search for an offensive coordinator, they hired Charlie Fry, who was the offensive coordinator with the Central Michigan Chippewas program, and brought him in, and he had worked under Coach Jim McElwain, who was previously the head coach of the University of Florida. That offense was one of the more high-powered in their conference, and one of the big ways in which they did so and accomplished that was tempo. And you look at the Dolphins last year. According to Sharp football stats, uh, Warren Sharp, who does some some great analytics-type work, the Dolphins were the 28th fastest offense in football last year. When you're you're factoring in situational, like obviously two-minute drill and no huddle, et etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm going to say it again just in case. 28th fastest. So they were among the five slowest offenses in football last year from a pace perspective. So one of the things that I did yesterday in the afternoon was I went back and I looked at, at George Gotze. And he had... About He had a 19-game sample size in the regular season between the 2015 and 2016 regular seasons in which he was designated as the Houston Texans offensive coordinator and also the play caller for the Texans. And it's really hard to knock the production of those offenses because their quarterbacks were Brian Hoyer and then in 2016 Brock Osweiler. Those were the quarterbacks this team had to work with, right? Uh, So you take the production from a grain of salt, and I I watched three games of the Godsey play called uh, Houston Texans offense courtesy of NFL Game Pass. And wouldn't you know, one of the big things that showed up in the first half of the very first game that I watched, explosive play, no huddle. Explosive chunk gains, 15 yards plus, everybody get up on the ball. So I think that's a really good clue as far as what you can do offensively that you did not do last year. You know, if if structurally speaking, you still want to run 12 personnel at a high clip, you're obviously going to want to push the ball vertically down the field more. That's why you went out and got the receivers that you did. But trying to find and create more ways for the the quarterback, a young quarterback, to just be able to play. Tempo is one of the number one ways to do it, and one of the reasons why is because when you play fast, the opposing team does not have the time to relay the kind of communication that they need to put exotic looks out onto the field. There's less time to relay information from the sideline to the players on the field, get everybody lined up. It becomes much more of a vanilla. Okay. We're going to rush our guys. We're not going to do the big stunt game up front and get everybody lined up and, and make sure, you know, we got the right number of guys over top of the right number of guys over here. But the problem is you have to have the drive starter. You have to have the chunk gain. And I think for a lot of last year, uh, not that we would have done tempo anywhere near frequently enough anyway, and, and some of that presumably being a trust issue between Chang and Tua Tonga-Valoa. But regardless, we didn't have the chunk plays we needed last year anyway. So uh, I think you you see the point of emphasis in adding explosive playmakers. You see the Dolphins go out and get a quarterback's coach in Charlie Frye, who not only has a pre-existing relationship with Tua Tagovailoa, but he, he is an offensive coordinator at Central Michigan, had an offense that often dipped their toes in tempo. One of the Dolphins' co-offensive coordinators now, George Godsey, when he called plays over 19 regular season games for the Houston Texans between 2015 and 2016 before Bill O'Brien took those responsibilities away after they scored three touchdowns in their first three games in a 2-1 to start to the season, was tempo. That's the first big clue, so a bigger point of emphasis there, and that is absolutely something that you can begin installing uh, fairly early on in the process. You know, you, you have to start working on that communication system and, and everybody hearing coded words, and that's such a big thing in college football now. And and one of the things that I've, I've been doing a lot this offseason is consuming a lot of coaches' clinics, whether it's Mike Gundy or Joe Moorhead, and, and hearing what these guys all have to say about Uh, Their RPO package, their play-action-passing package, how to build a running game into play-action-passing and RPOs and making everything look similar, but also how to make the language be a certain way so that the offensive line hear their particular code and it's going to look the same no matter whether it ends up being tagged with routes to be an RPO or if it's just the true run or it's zone read or it's play action pass. I can't speak to what the Dolphins playbook was like last year. But what I can tell you is with the trend towards a more tempo-oriented offense, you're not going to have West Coast terminology that involves formation, motion, protection, play route concepts, and then any specials tagged on the back end of it like that. That's how some of these old school offenses relay and, and vocalize you. If you guys have watched any of the, the Gruden QB camps, right from back in the day before Gruden came back into coaching, when he was working all, with all the top quarterback prospects, he's given these guys a play. And you got to be able to spit out and chew out two sentences worth of of lingo just to get a play call out in the huddle. You're not doing that no huddle and tempo. It's got to be fast. There's got to be words that are established that correlate to this is what we're doing. And it becomes very simplified. I have a couple more examples of that, including some from the University of Oregon that I'm looking forward to sharing. But not before I talk to everybody about our friends over at Nugenics. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans across America. To get your complimentary of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT to 231231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, if you text now, they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231 That's DRAFT to two three one two three one. Message and data rates may apply. So n- this example might not necessarily have a direct correlation to the Miami Dolphins and their new playbook, but it's a good illustration of the kind of uh, simplicity that I was referring to Uh when I was talking about some of the coaches clinics from the college level that have been consuming as of this, this summer and Joe Moorhead did a lecture. He is now the offensive coordinator of the Oregon Ducks. he uh, did a lecture from July 1st of last year, complementing run game with play action passes with Joe Moorhead. And what he did is he put up a diagram of their inside zone with a, a split flow from the tight end. So that's when, you had Durham Smythe as an example, and he's one by one off the butt of the offensive tackle to whatever side he's lining up on. And whatever flow the offensive line steps, if, if the offensive line steps left, Smythe is going to slice in the backfield across and take out the end man on the line of scrimmage on the right-hand side to serve as the backside seal for inside zone, right? Oregon called these plays Clippers and Crush. And that's, that was the code word for inside zone left and inside zone right with that split flow motion. And the reason they called it that is Clippers. The word Clippers, C-L. Crush. C-R. Automatically, the lingo tells you what direction the play is going and because it starts with a C, it fits into the concept of what they called the split flow for the tight end, which was cut. That's one example of how the lingo in Oregon was simplified and allows this team to play fast from time to time because it's very simplistic and intuitive to relay informa- a significant amount of information. Another example, still inside zone. But instead of split flow, which is when the tight end comes all the way across and kicks out the backside last man on the line of scrimmage, uh, the insert block, which they refer to as fan, uh, which is when that tight end steps inside and turns up into the point of attack and takes out a second level defender. They called that fan instead of insert as the tight end motion. And those plays were called fly. And far, it begins with an F, so it tells you it is fan concept for the tight end. Fly, there's an L. Far, there's an R. It tells you left or right. So as you think about the ability to play fast and the terminology that might be different, I'm not saying this is what it's going to be for the Miami Dolphins. But these are the kinds of things that the Dolphins can put into an offense with all of the experience that George Godsey has and in his brief time With Houston, the point of emphasis that did exist in playing with some tempo once you manufactured explosive plays, the fact that the Dolphins did go out and get playmakers capable of creating explosive plays, and then also the background of quarterbacks coach Charlie Fry, I think these are some context clues that can kind of tell you the urgency of this offense is going to move a little quicker. My last little bit of example here, and I wish I had more data for Eric Stoudisville and his time as the interim head coach in Denver. Uh, but the last time George Godsey was offensive play caller with the Houston Texans, the Texans ranked 13th in the NFL in tempo, which was seconds per play. The Dolphins that year were 30th. That was a Joe Philbin year. Of course, remember Joe Philbin came in and, uh, had the great idea to put, uh, each unit, the first string and second string pointed in different directions and they practice and take a snap and then turn around and the other, the other unit would take a snap and then you turn around and the, the first team guys would take another snap. Oh, the you know the, the Green Bay offense, Aaron Rodgers offense coming to Miami and they're practicing so fast. Well, no, they, they never played fast. George Godsey at least gives you an example on his resume when he was responsible for calling plays in which his offense moved fast. They were 13th the last time he was a play call in the NFL. Miami this past year under Chang'ealy, 28. Channing Fry's offense, point of emphasis, tempo. Miles Gaskin telling us this playbook looks very different. It might not necessarily be, okay, they're just going to bombs away and throw it down the field 40 times a game. But at the very least, the terminology and positioning the offense to play faster that's what I pick up as context clues. We'll see if that is actually the case. This is a working theory that I have. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know what's going on inside the building. But it's worth having the conversation because of how bad this was for the offense last year. And there's enough things moving in that direction that give us some hints that perhaps this is the way. If you're looking to get some sports gambling in, betonline.ag is the way to go bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action whether that's major league baseball nba nhl ufc you name it before the next pitch you can head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign-up bonuses and contest information available to you don't sit on the sidelines anymore this is your chance to get into the game So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code Locked On. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and I wish I was kidding when I told you these things are amongst like the top. If I was making a big board, right, of all the things I've ingested in my life, this is a, a top 10 pick worthy item of food. And not only is it delicious, these things taste like candy bars with 100% chocolate on them. Uh, they're good for you. With low in calories, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. 10 plus flavors for you to choose from on their website, including their new birthday cake flavor, which I'm super excited to try. I have not had the liberty to try it just yet, uh, but I cannot wait because anything that they have that has the white chocolate uh, automatically is a soft spot in my heart. Built Bar, whether you're looking for something to eat on the go, something for post-workout, something for breakfast, something delicious, it's keto-friendly, Built Bar can fill that void for you. So visit builtbar.com. use promo code LOCKED15, save 15% on your next order of Built Bar, find out what all the fuss is about for yourself. The last thing I'd like to talk about today, in, in ways in which the Dolphins offense is going to be different, and this is more personnel-related as compared to style of play and playbook related, and I'm sure the Dolphins will have a higher frequency of tapping into the vertical concepts on the field. But it's not like they didn't call some of these plays uh, in certain situations. They had to trust their offensive line was going to be able to hold up in protection for deeper sets and deeper targets down the field. So you kind of had to get a feel for like, okay, who are we capable of blocking up front with all these young guys and rookies that we have on the offensive line? That growth in itself, I think, is going to be more conducive to deeper set play action passing, plus the addition of Liam Eikenberg, who I think from a pass protection perspective, uh, the fact that he hadn't surrendered a sack since 2018 during his time with Notre Dame, is kind of a vote of confidence of like, yeah, we're going to want to push the ball a little bit more. The Miami Dolphins, 8% of their offensive snaps last year could be quantified as explosive plays. If you think that's good, uh, it is 1% better than dead last in the entire NFL. That quote-unquote honor went to the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to read you guys the bottom of the barrel for explosive plays in the NFL this past season. Cincinnati, 7% of their offensive snaps, dead last in all of football. They had over 1,030 snaps, and they had 71 cumulative snaps explosive plays on the season the Chicago Bears next on the list they checked in with eight percent of their offensive snaps as explosive plays 44 passes and 39 runs for a total of 83 explosive plays on the season the Pittsburgh Steelers 30th in the NFL they had 86 explosive plays on the season they passed the ball. They called drop back 737 times is what they were credited for according to sharp football stats. Fourth on this list of the least explosive plays in football, the Miami Dolphins. And from a volume perspective, they had less explosive plays than everybody except the Cincinnati Bengals last year. They took less offensive snacks because they had a slower pace of play. And because of that, You know, they still finished with 8%, so their percentage from a tiebreaker perspective managed to squeak in in front of Chicago and Pittsburgh. But they had 81 explosive plays on the season, and they had more explosive rushes 41 than they had explosive passes. You want to know what this offense is going to look like in a very different, to quote Miles Gaskin, capacity? That's what's going to be very different. There will be explosive plays. There may be more mistakes. You may see a higher frequency of sacks because, say what you will about the Chain Gailey offense, because the ball got out so quick, there really weren't a ton of sacks on the season relative to what we were used to and experienced during, like, the Joe Philbin era with Ryan Tannehill. They took a healthy amount of sacks, but they were not beaten to shreds up front. You may see more of that. You may see more interceptions on on 50-50 balls down the field. But I guarantee you, the Dolphins will not finish with the second fewest explosive plays from a raw numbers perspective in all of football this year. I guarantee it. So if you're looking for something to get excited about, more quick strike ability, that's a great place to start. I have my working theory, which we talked through on the first half of the podcast regarding the Dolphins and tempo, and that being something that that is going to carry a lot more weight for this Dolphins team in 2021 to help a young quarterback out, and I'm making sure I help all of you out with two more episodes of Locked on Dolphins this week, so hit subscribe on the podcast. Would love to hear from you guys. Power to the pod again next Tuesday. We got two more shows this week looking forward to digging into any news that comes up throughout the rest of the week and also looking at the Dolphins and their bid to win the AFC East in 2021. So hit subscribe, keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs. Thanks as always for listening. Hope you have a great Wednesday. Fins up everybody.